Good evening. For anyone joining us who doesn't know me, my name's Rachel. My husband Jim and I are the pastors at Kingdom Vineyard. This evening, predictably, I want to share some of my thoughts on Good Friday. I don't know about you, but Good Friday isn't a day that I particularly enjoy. I'd much rather hurry to Sunday so I can celebrate Jesus rising from the dead and avoid walking the painful journey to the cross. But our celebration of Easter Sunday is missing something if we don't take some time on Friday to think about what makes Sunday possible. And this year, I found myself especially reluctant to dive into the heaviness of Good Friday, given that the past few weeks have at times felt completely hopeless and frankly, pretty miserable. I really wasn't keen to think on the betrayal and the pain of Jesus dying on the cross. But actually, a lot of the confusion and bereavement that we're feeling now are the same things felt by Jesus and his followers on Good Friday. So whilst the Good Friday story remains sobering and sad, I do think that this year, the story can also bring us a comfort and a reassurance that we may not usually take from it. Reading the story this year, I was struck by two things. Firstly, and as obvious as it sounds, just how much God loves us and just how gracious and generous and merciful he is with that love because he sees all our sin and he still sacrifices himself for us. And secondly, the sort of God he is. God feels our failures. He's not the distant judge. He suffers alongside us, with us, for us. So for a closer look at these two thoughts, Firstly, I noticed that on his way to the cross, Jesus sees a whole range of human sin on his way to dying for the very people who are sinning. And he still chooses to die for them. He sees our sin and he still sacrifices. Judas is perhaps the most obvious example here. He's a follower and a friend of Jesus. He's one of the closest 12. Yet he accepts a bribe from the authorities to hand Jesus over to the very people who want to kill him. Then to make matters worse, he tries to lie about it to Jesus' face at that last intimate supper. But Jesus knows and calls him out. And then there's Peter, who's quick to resort to violence picking up his sword, and when the mob arrived to arrest Jesus, he cuts off a servant's ear. Jesus sees what he does, and he has to remind him that violence is not the way. Next, it's the chief priests, the appointed leaders of God's own people, who scrabble around to bring false evidence to try and justify their desire to see Jesus executed. They seem willing to go to any length to get rid of Jesus, 
even though they know there's no real case against him. But Jesus, seeing all of this unfolding before him in his most painful hours, still goes through with the rescue plan. He still, somehow, decides that we are worth saving. He sees our sin and he still sacrifices. Then Pilate takes over, except not really. There's an uproar and the crowd are shouting at Pilate that they want Jesus crucified. Pilate sees that the crowd is out of control and his answer is to abdicate his responsibility, even though he knows Jesus is innocent. He just gives up and lets the self-interested crowd have their way. There could have been a final straw for Jesus, one last insult that made him snap. He would have been completely justified in saying, right, that's it. You'll never appreciate what I'm willing to do for you. He could have called on an army of angels to airlift him right out of there. But unlike Pilate, he didn't waver. He knew what was at stake. He knew he had to die, even on the cross. What all of this tells me about God is that he was on a mission and that his mission was mercy. He knew that Jesus' death was the way to repair the relationship between himself and his people. And as the God who loves us more than we could ever fathom, he pushed through the betrayal and the insults to complete the mission. Seeing all the human nastiness that's thrown at Jesus on his way to the cross shows us not only how despicable humanity can be, but also just how merciful God is. He sees our sin and he still sacrifices. The second thing that struck me particularly when thinking about Jesus' death this week was that in all our sinfulness, in all the insults hurled at him on the cross, Jesus sees exactly why we need saving, but he also feels the effect of this sin. He's not the aloof, distant judge of humanity. He feels our failures. The government soldiers mock Jesus by putting a scarlet robe and a crown of thorns on him, dressing him up as the fake king they think he is. They mock him and they spit on him. And they're not the only ones who treat Jesus like this. As he was on the cross, the criminals next to him, the chief priests, the teachers of the law and the elders all took their turn in mocking Jesus. For the most part, Jesus just stays silent. But we definitely shouldn't take this to mean that he just shook off the insults unaffected. Jesus, God the Son, lived a fully human life for us. That means I'm convinced that he felt distressed and abandoned, just as we do when we're falsely accused or insulted. He feels our failures. 
The failures also weren't just among Jesus' enemies. They came from close to home too. When Jesus goes to Gethsemane to pray, he takes some trusted friends with him and asks them to keep watch. But these sleepy disciples can't even stay awake to pray and keep watch for their friend. He asked them to stay with him because he was overwhelmed with sorrow. I'd be pretty keen to have my trusted friends with me in that situation too. And I imagine Jesus was disappointed and sad that they couldn't even manage to stay awake for him. We could imagine God folding his arms in judgment on us weak, evil humanity, begrudgingly saying to himself, but because I'm gracious, I will save them. But Jesus wasn't a distant, aloof figure in this story. Jesus didn't just judge our failures, coldly observing the betrayals, the politics, the lies, the dozy rather than the devoted disciples. On Good Friday, Jesus lived that pain. Jesus felt those failures firsthand. The fact that Jesus feels our failures reminds me that God isn't a watch over our sin and get angry from a distance, God. He's a feeling God with very real experience of our worst moments and of our saddest moments. It would probably be more comfortable for us if we could think of God being annoyed at our sin rather than knowing that we've actually hurt him with our actions. We're all familiar with the sting of, I'm not angry, I'm just disappointed. Because disappointment implies that you've grieved someone. It's important to remember this distinction because it completely changes how we relate to God and how we see the cross. A God who feels our sin rather than just judging it is a God who is closer and who cares deeply. The fact that God feels our failures also shows just how much he cares about our relationship with him. Knowing that sin separates us from himself, he's pretty keen for us not to sin so that we can be as close to him as possible. Jesus died on the cross to restore our relationship with him, not to make God less angry with us. On Good Friday, Jesus feels our failures. God suffers with us. And Jesus' experiences on his way to the cross and his real life lived on earth means he's no stranger to our pain. Isaiah 53 verse three says, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. In the course of his life, Jesus experienced bereavement, disappointment and frustration. And as I said at the beginning, I think that this is where we can take some comfort from the Good Friday story for the situation the world finds itself in now. We find it hard to make sense of what's going on around us, but we can be sure 
that God is right here with us. Let's not forget that when Lazarus died, Jesus wept. Jesus wept even though he knew he had the power to raise Lazarus from death. Having that power didn't take away the pain that Jesus felt at losing someone he loved, nor the pain of seeing those he loved grieving. So as we are struck every day by the grief being felt in every corner of the whole world at the moment, we can be certain that our God and Saviour really does understand what we go through and he sits with us in our suffering, not taking us out of the situation, but meeting us here, not asking us to cheer up, but feeling our pain with us. There may be a storm raging, but Jesus is well and truly in our boat. Without Good Friday, we wouldn't know this about God. Without Jesus choosing to die for us, choosing to face the cruelties of humanity at its worst, choosing to give himself in a rescue plan formed before the world was made. Without this act of sacrifice, we would not know that God is with us, truly with us in the worst of times. Friends, Good Friday is a sad story, but it is good news. And good news is exactly what we need at the moment. It's a story of no matter how rubbish we can be, Jesus still thinks we're worth dying for. It's a story of how God feels our sin in a way that shows just how much he cares about us and about having a relationship with us. And it's a story about how God is no stranger to suffering, but meets us in it. God reveals himself not to be God as the judge, but God as the suffering saviour. The God who sacrifices himself for us to be reunited with him. It's true. Our thoughts against God, our actions against God, deserve the cross. And yet, Jesus sees our sin and he still chooses to sacrifice himself for us. And even when our violences against him sting him, as we see in Jesus' journey to the cross on Good Friday, Jesus feels our failures and dies for us despite them. Good Friday is the story of a God who loves you so much that in order to clear away your sin and throw his arms around you, he suffered for you. And it's a story that shows us that no matter what suffering we face, he knows it, he understands it, he's felt it, and he's right here beside us.